Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Happy New Year. Hope you had a great holiday season. I sure did. Had a lot of good time uh, with family and friends and ready to go now in this new year. And have you made and kept and broken (laughs) those resolutions yet? How many are kept? How many are broken already in this day number two of 2019? Well, we're looking forward to a great year here on Adams on Agriculture and welcoming new affiliates here at the start of the year, including KASM, CASM, 1150 AM, Albany, Minnesota. Great to be back on in Albany in that area, wonderful area, a lot of uh, good friends in that area. I look forward to being uh, able to talk with them again now here on Adams on Agriculture. So our uh, welcome to KASM, 1150 AM, Albany, Minnesota, to the Adams on Agriculture family. More uh, announcements coming in the next few days about new affiliates that will be joining us. An exciting start to 2019. Well, the government is not starting here in 2019. Still, the government shutdown. We'll be talking about that. We'll talk weather today with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Get caught up on markets. What are they focused on here at the start of the year with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone? And we'll talk with Chuck Connor, president and CEO of the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives. We'll get his thoughts on the government shutdown, uh, the farm bill, biotech labeling and a lot more all that coming up later on the program so we're off to a fast start here in 2019 we welcome jerry hagstrom from the hagstrom report hi jerry how are you well i'm fine i've seen my relatives off after 12 days of visitors so i'm cleaning up my house uh (laughs) and getting ready to go back to covering congress since that's about the only game in town the executive branch is pretty much closed down so uh it'll be congress for the next few days so what's the feeling there in washington dc about how long this shutdown might last it's no one no one is certain now the big news is that uh trump has invited the congressional leaders both republican and democratic to come to the white house this afternoon so it's possible that they could reach some kind of agreement but coming to the White House is supposed to be a briefing on border security. So who knows whether that means that they're thinking about a deal or if he's just making his point that he believes we need the wall. Uh, uh, but, of course, the House will uh, – well, the Senate starts this afternoon. The House comes in. Uh, the uh, new members in both the House and the Senate will be, sw- will be sworn in. Uh, and so from there, we, we can actually move to action uh, well on just about anything that, that Congress wants to work on. So the shutdown affects a lot of things uh, in different ways. Uh, FSA office is shutting down, for example. I mean, uh, as each day goes by, we feel those effects a little more. Well, that's right. And the latest concern is that apparently there's supposed to be a big WASDE report coming out, and now people are wondering if that's going to be issued. And, of course, the markets depend on that. Uh, and that's where you, you know, when you have a shutdown, you realize, really realize what USDA does and how people are always talking about, oh, we have too much government, we can get rid of government. But there are these essential functions of government that especially the agriculture de- department performs for rural America, and they are really missed very quickly when, uh, when there is a shutdown. We're talking with Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, let's look at Congress. What do you see them taking up here early in the year, and how long before they really get down to debating uh, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal, NAFTA 2.0 or USMCA, whatever they want to call it? Uh, When do they really get into that? Well, the first thing they're going to have to deal with is the shutdown. Uh, And supposedly, uh, you know, Speaker-designate Pelosi is going to introduce a bill uh, and they're going to vote on it tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. Now, that could change after the White House meeting today, but that's the plan. But her bill would not be acceptable to the White House and therefore not acceptable to the Senate Republican leadership because they say they're not going to waste their time on something that the White House doesn't support. Uh, in terms of the USMCA, 
Uh, I think we'll, that uh, uh, that will take a while. There will, of course, have to be uh, hearings on it uh, in both the House and the Senate before there, uh, before there is a vote. Um, so, uh, but I would think there'll, you know, there'll be something uh, moving along later this month. Jerry, looking at this year, I mean, we know the battles that have taken place this past year between Congress and President Trump. But looking at this year, I mean, with the House flipping back to the Democrats, I mean, are we just going to see a lot of things passed in the House that can't get past the Senate and the president isn't going to like anyway? So, I mean, are we looking at more stalemate this year or do you see a path uh, for them to actually get something done this year? You know, it depends. One thing I'll say about Trump, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer, the majority leader in the Senate, they are all urban people. And on some level, they communicate. People have been noticing that Trump hasn't been personally attacking Pelosi and uh, that they actually have a pretty good rapport. The oddest thing is that the people who don't have a rapport are Trump and Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, and he's very rural from from uh, from Kentucky. So, you know, when you have Pelosi, Trump, and Schumer working together, it's possible that you will get something. I do want to make the point, though, that it is very important to remember that the Farm Bill did pass. The most important piece of legislation that governs rural America for the next five years is law, and uh Congress always writes it rather tightly so the uh, uh you know the Trump administration will be implementing it but they won't have too much wiggle room to do things that the, that the farm community doesn't like and of course on trade we'll be looking at uh China and Japan uh, here early in the year US officials heading to Beijing on the 7th of this month uh for trade talks and negotiations with japan some say could begin as soon as january 20th those are two big issues uh on trade as we kick off this new year yes president trump keeps keeps saying that they're that they're making progress with the with the chinese and everybody hopes that that is the case Uh, and on japan the important thing is that this comprehensive agreement that is that has gone into effect with all these Asian countries and Canada, Australia, New Zealand. That that I mean, and that has gone into effect. And the, the importance there is that there are uh, tariffs that are reduced for other countries, but not for the United States, because the United States was supposed to be in the Trans-Pacific Agreement, but Trump withdrew from it. And so that, to me, is a big challenge. And the challenge is that we don't lose the markets we've already got to, to, uh, to uh, especially Japan, to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and to the European Union. And they're all out there aggressively selling their products. Going to be a busy 2019. We'll look forward to talking with you about it, uh, Jerry. Thanks for being with us to help kick off the new year. Thank you. Thank you, and happy Happy New Year to all your listeners. Thank you. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Yeah, it's going to be a busy start to the year. We're going to be broadcasting from several national meetings here in the first part of the year, including the American Farm Bureau Federation Convention, National Biodiesel Board Convention, National Cattlemen's Beef Association, National Ethanol Conference, and Commodity Classic here in the first few months of 2019. Coming up next, though, we are going to talk weather with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Stay with us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. 
A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready, and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is $35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather. Our first uh, visit for the new year with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, I hope you had a good holiday season. And for many, that holiday season included a lot of precipitation, whether snow or rain, but quite a bit moved across. Yeah, yeah, it was a a very stormy uh, end of the year, Mike, and uh, we're seeing somewhat of uh, that uh, pattern still going on in the southern uh, part of the country today. Uh, Central and eastern Texas uh, is getting pretty wet. There's also some snowfall and uh, some freezing rain that uh, is mixed in there, and uh, rain is showing up in the delta, and that's probably going to continue today. And in the southwest, there are winter storm uh, bulletins that are still um, showing up in southern Arizona, New Mexico, and uh, this is kind of the leftovers uh, from that real stormy pattern that uh, went on during the, um, you know, during that Christmas holiday time frame and into the uh, first part of uh, the new year, 2019. So we're starting to calm that down a little bit, but uh, there was a, a lot of big-time energy that, that uh, caused uh, a number of uh, travel concerns during uh, the, the uh, time after, uh, period after Christmas, that was pretty well forecast, and uh, it verified, I think, pretty well. All right, so what do you see? Let's look at the Midwest here for this coming week. It's going to get a lot milder. Uh, we've got the uh, upper air pattern uh, switching to more of a ridge uh, with high pressure. That's going to uh, cover uh, just about the entire central U.S., and uh, that's going to bring in uh, milder air, uh, definitely. In fact, we're going to see the temperature trends go from below normal to uh, anywhere from 10 to 15 degrees above normal uh, during the next uh, five to seven days. And uh, that's going to uh, melt a lot of the snow that uh, took place or developed. And it's also going to, I think, uh, be you know, much better for getting around, uh, a, lot, a lot better for livestock. Uh, so that's going to happen over the next week. And then that, uh, that trend is also going to be a big feature over the uh, northern and the central plains. The southern plains will still kind of be on the colder side. But in the northern plains, after, you know, these uh, very uh, harsh, bitter cold wind chill conditions we had to finish out the year, it's going to be a lot better. And uh, I know that uh, that trend is going to be welcomed by just about everybody. All right, let's... Uh... 
polish up the crystal ball and see what do you have for us uh, in your long-range forecast. What do you see for the month of January? It's going to be back and forth, and the reason I say that is that there are indications that in the next uh, probably two weeks, and not not until the end of next week, and maybe even the the uh, the weekend after next. I'm looking here right around the middle of the month, uh, January 14th and 15th. There are some indications that there's going to be a new round of uh, polar vortex-related cold that is going to move out of the Arctic uh, Circle area and uh, drop south into the Midwest and the eastern U.S. I don't know that it's going to get into the western third of the country, but certainly from the plains through the Midwest and even south clear to the Gulf Coast, it could turn pretty cold uh, during the middle part of January. And uh, that's going to uh, obviously you know, keep this uh, real uh, highly variable uh, temperature trend that we've had over the last week, what we're going to have in the next week, uh, you know, that's going to keep that uh, cycle going on a real back-and-forth uh, type of feature. Is this El Nino-related? Well, no, it's not El Nino-related. Um, if there's a relationship, it's uh, it's due to the fact that El Nino is kind of weak and and really doesn't uh, have a, a real dominant influence uh, on the on the pattern. Uh, we're getting more of a feature that uh, we saw, I think, about five years ago in the winter of 2014. And uh, in that winter, there were several real cold outbreaks that went on, and uh, this is uh, starting to show a lot of resemblance to that. So the, the fact that El Nino is not uh, strong enough, if you will, to – uh, really dominate uh, the the uh, trends over North America, uh, like one maybe uh, would think, is uh, a reason why these uh, you know little weakening uh, features in the higher latitudes are maybe going to be more of an influence over the uh, central and eastern part of the country. We're talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, Bryce, what about longer range as far as uh, uh, February and the latter parts of winter? The, uh, well, the, this uh, this back-and-forth trend, I think, Mike, is through the rest of the winter season, and I do think that we're going to have kind of a slow uh, end of the winter uh, when uh, we get into the month of February and then into early March. And the, the thing that, that I continue to look at is the potential for a lingering uh, winter cold pattern, if you will, to uh, stay with us uh, during the rest of the first quarter of this year. And the effect on that, the the real takeaway is that uh, so much uh, field work that did not get done because of how late harvest was, because of the cold and wet fall that we had, um, all of that is uh, going to be uh, forced to uh, get done in a very short, compressed time frame. And and, uh, you know, the bottom line there is that it's going to be a, a pretty stressful uh, start to the uh, farming season, to the crop season of this coming year, 2019, because of the lingering uh, winter uh, features, the fact that it's going to take a while for things to really warm up. And then when they do, uh, there are a lot of things that are going to have to get done in a very short period of time. Yep, that will be a story to be watching for sure. And, uh, yes. Uh, and, you know, we think back to last spring. It seems like it took forever for it to get here. Then, boom, all of a sudden we hardly had a spring. It seems like we almost went right into summer. We'll see what happens this year, but uh, we'll keep that in mind, uh, your forecast that you've been telling us about uh, how you see that playing out. All right, real quick, uh, before we wrap things up, uh, let's look to, to South America. How What's going on down there weather-wise? Well, it's pretty tough in south-central uh, into parts of uh, northeastern Brazil, but especially south-central. Uh, the states of Paraná and uh, Mato Grosso do Sul have been very dry uh, to end out December, and they're not looking all that great for rainfall here in early January. And um, the the idea, Mike, that this soybean crop in Brazil would be just a, a gargantuan-sized crop has pretty well been written off now. And there's even some question as to whether Brazil will even put out a new record soybean crop, because it's been very dry in uh, that south-central part of the country, and even parts of Mato Grosso have had some dryness stress. And so uh, 
producers there are justifiably concerned. And then, uh, if I could mention Argentina real quick, there's been a persistent round of rainfall, very similar to what we saw in the Western Corn Belt back in uh, the summer of uh, 2018. And that northern half of Argentina is going to get pounded with heavy rain over the next week, and it could cause some flood problems there. So all is not well in South America right now. Which is really a, a flip, right? I mean, they were headed towards what looked to be, you know, a bumper crop and things were going so well, and then Started things changed on them. It, it sure did. And, and if I can continue to draw a few parallels, and uh, things are not exact, but uh, particularly that dryness in Brazil reminds me of what happened with us uh, here about, uh, you know, going on 10 years ago in the crop season of 2010, especially, because that year started out here in the Midwest almost ideally, and it ended up with uh, some dryness and heat and and a steadily uh, declining crop size when it was all said and done. Yeah, so, you know, it reminds us, uh, we see it all the time, uh, until that crop is in the bin, you don't know, because we'd spent a good part of uh, – latter part of last year talking about huge crop in south america coming on the market early and uh, putting even more pressure on our markets Uh, so uh, that that's quite a story there as we kick off 2019 yes it is yes it is and and there's no doubt that brazil had an ideal uh early planting uh setup and and everything uh you know, went into effect, but they've had uh, upper-level high pressure that has just kind of parked over that south-central part of the country, and we have seen what happens here in the Midwest when that happens in the summertime, uh, how that can, uh, you know, go into uh, a drought uh, situation real quickly. They're having the same thing go on uh, right now in south-central Brazil. All right, Bryce, thanks. So enjoy, we should enjoy any mild weather we get here right away because it's about to get really cold, it sounds like. Yeah, variety is the spice of life, and I think that's the way January is going to treat us, Mike. We're going to be well-spiced then, it sounds like. All right, thanks, Bryce. (laughs) You're welcome, Mike. All right, take care. DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson saying uh, brace yourself for some really cold weather about the, the middle of this month. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk markets with Arlen Suderman with INTLFC Stone. Uh, kind of see where the markets are at here at the beginning of the year and what they are focused on. Of course, a lot of things happening, as we mentioned, uh, looks like big trade talks this month with China and Japan. And meanwhile, we're still dealing with the government shutdown, so it could impact the information uh, as far as government reports coming out. So a lot to talk about with Arlen Suderman. That's coming up next here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Did you know you can listen to the latest podcast of Adams on Agriculture or hear the top news and weekend review from the American Ag Network on your Amazon Alexa? Play my flash briefing. Use the Alexa app to search for the podcast you want to play. Search for Adams on Agriculture to learn about the issues affecting agriculture each weekday. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Again. Or you can search for the American Ag Network. This is the American Ag Network Week in Review. I'm Sabrina Hill. Stay up to date on agriculture with the sound of your voice on your Amazon device. What does Meals on Wheels do? They deliver meals and smiles to homebound seniors. But Meals on Wheels does something else. They turn a volunteer's lunch break into a meaningful experience. It's small and as simple as the relationship is between a volunteer and a client of Meals on Wheels, it's really so impactful. I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. For the grain and oil seed sector, we are firm to hire to begin the trading year. In the outside markets, U.S. stocks fell in early trade on the first day of the year as deepening fears of a slowdown in the Chinese and European economies rippled across the global markets. Wednesday's volatility comes after a private gauge of China's manufacturing sector showed that sector contracted in December for the first time since May 2017. Asian markets logging a miserable start to the year with almost all indexes dropping on the first trading day of 2019. 
Grain traders continue to be concerned about whether or not the USDA will release its World Agricultural Supply Demand Estimates report as scheduled on January 11th, with the government shutdown still underway. In soybean futures, trending 7 to 8 and a fraction higher an hour into the trading day. January soybeans were little changed on Monday. Last week's low at 867 has become new swing low support. Wednesday's high at 888 and three quarters is acting as initial resistance and we have surpassed that level in early trade on this Wednesday. March corn, short-term support forming at 372.5 last week, trending at 376 an hour into the day, up a penny and a quarter. Chicago wheat march up a penny and three quarters at 505. Kansas City march up three and a quarter, 492. Minneapolis march up a fraction, 549 and three quarters. Livestock at the Merck in lean hog futures, February up $2.10, 6307. January feeder cattle down 80 cents at 148.05. February live cattle down 15 at 123.72. The Dow down 159 points. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your planned purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, as we all try to kind of get back in the groove and in the rhythm of uh, the new year after the holidays, uh, what are the markets focused on? We're joined now by Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, thanks for joining us. Uh, what has the market's attention here as we kick off this new year? Uh, Mike, a lot of it just um, beginning of the year money flow. We did see uh, quite a bit of cash grain move at the end of the year that seemed to be tax-related, trying to get some sales on the books for 2018, uh, and that pressured the market. Now we're seeing a little bit of a bounce. We'll see the index funds rebalance here over the next two weeks. Uh, and that's going to provide a little bit of support to some of them and pressure on others. But I think more of it is optimism and hope that China's going to be coming in and, and doing more business and, and a desire to own the ags as a result. But, uh, frankly, we don't have really any fresh indication of that so far. And, and soybeans, uh, I think, probably have the least hope of really fixing the balance sheet. But that's where the money likes to flow, and that's what's happening. There is a little bit of a focus on the dryness in Brazil. As we look at the month of December overall, it was a it was really one of the driest, the third driest December in the past 40 years, um, but yet they still got nearly seven inches of rainfall on average. So when we look at Brazil, we really have to be careful about reading too much into below normal uh, precipitation reports because they normally get far more rain than what they really need. And uh, so overall, we're still looking at a pretty good crop in Brazil. So we start the new year like we ended up uh, last year, focused on China, and there'll be so much uh, anticipation around talks with China, which are scheduled for later this month. But I I see comments by U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer saying, hey, we may need more tariffs uh, to get something done with China, and he's going to urge the president to not be swayed or fooled by some soybean sales taking his eye off uh, their their main goal of getting something else done with China. So that with that as a backdrop, we're kind of still in that uh, unknown territory, aren't we, uh, as far as what's going to happen? Yeah, and, and, you know, you've heard it often said that making legislation in Washington is like making sausage. It's an ugly 
uh, ugly process. Well, that's kind of the way trade deals are as well, particularly under this administration. And uh, it generally looks bad before you get a deal. And uh, we're seeing both sides really posturing for that. Some of the economic data coming out overnight showed contraction in the factory sector in China for the first time in more than a year and a half or so. The economic pain that they're experiencing because of this trade war is even more significant than what I anticipated. So they have a real incentive to move toward a deal. And I think the Trump administration kind of smells blood and is trying to ramp up the pressure, trying to get a good deal while, while the negotiating is there. Um, at the same time, we're hearing rhetoric out of North Korea increase, China making threats toward uh, military action against Taiwan. It's all related. Uh, we may have the advantage in the economic data, so China's saying, okay, where can we get some leverage? Well, they can get some leverage out of North Korea and uh, the threats to Taiwan. So both sides are ramping up the pressure, and to me, when you look at what's happening, uh, it, that just moves both sides toward an agreement. So I'm more optimistic now because of these developments that I'm seeing that we're probably going to move to an agreement. I don't trust China to keep it, but I think there will be an agreement that will increase the flow of commodities into China near term. And uh, so it's probably going to be look bad before it gets better, but I think we are moving in that direction. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, whether or not they keep an agreement or not, it's just the fact if they can announce one and both sides can somehow claim a victory of some sort, uh, that's, that may be what we're headed for here. Yeah, exactly right. And I think when the time comes, I think China is going to need and have incentive to, to buy U.S. corn and to buy U.S. grain sorghum, perhaps some ethanol and some DDGs as well. Uh, so I think there's some real positives there. Soybeans, they'll be buying soybeans, but uh, that's not going to fix the soybean balance sheet. We're simply producing too many in the world. And, we, of course, we have the African swine fever. I look for pork and poultry imports into China to rise, perhaps beef as well. So many of the ag commodities, I think, look to have a better 2019 than what they did 2018. Uh, but we're just not seeing it yet as we start the month of January. Talking with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. Of course, right now we have the government shutdown, so that may limit some of the information the markets would normally look at. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're watching is the cash markets, the SIF markets, the basis at the ports, uh, to see if we see any pushes of China buying. They're, uh, they're still expected to buy a little bit more soybeans. We're also expecting them to come in this month and perhaps buy some corn and some grain sorghum. Not seeing any evidence of that yet. Those are things that we're watching for. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, like you said, USDA won't be reporting it, but we'll watch the basis market, see if we see that evidence of it. Of course, the interesting story always that begin here at the first of a year is uh, acres. Uh, which way will we go? We're expecting, of course, fewer soybean acres, more corn acres. But how big a switch? What do you see? What will the market you think uh, uh, buy as far as acres here in 2019? Well, the soybean market really needs to get a shift and move away about 10 million acres of soybeans. Not all of that would go to corn, but we see no evidence of that happening yet. Originally, we were looking for um, maybe four soybeans dropping about 4 million and corn picking up two to three. Um, but frankly, we're just not seeing that evidence of a major loss of soybean acres at this point, particularly with uh, the second payment coming in for farmers for their 2018 2018 production. Uh, there's more of an attitude, well, the government's going to bail us out. We're looking at November soybeans trading around 944. There, there's no panic button here being hit by the farmer to move away from their rotations, to move away from soybeans. And so I'm real concerned that we could have a painful period here over the next few months if the market gets to that point of reality, unless we do have a major weather problem develop someplace. Uh, if we do not have that shift away from soybeans, then then the fundamentals for corn look much better going into 2019 and, and some better opportunities for pricing down the road. Well, that, that will be then a very interesting story here. Will that big shift away from soybean acres take place or not? Yeah, and if it's going to have, happen, we'll probably need to see the market do that work sometime in the February-March time frame, particularly in February as those crop insurance revenue guarantees are made. 
Um, you know, I mentioned to fix the balance sheet, we need to lose 10 million acres. That would probably take a, soybean, a new crop soybean corn price ratio somewhere around 1.9 to 1. And uh, we last saw that in uh, 2007 to get that kind of movement in acres. And it's assuming $4 December corn, that would mean November soybeans somewhere around 770 or so if we had a similar price ratio. So that would be kind of painful out there to the budgets. So that will be something to watch and whether or not we'll shift away that 10 million soybean acres or or not. Meanwhile, uh, Arlen, as we go through here January, are, do you see these markets just kind of drifting along about where they are with a you know little moves one way or another depending on the news of the day obviously a a big china announcement would be a big uh, market mover do you see anything else being a big mover I think that's the primary thing, and we're watching weather in South America. The Brazil crop is ahead of normal so in maturity, so we should see notable supplies reaching the export market in Brazil uh, here by the middle of the month, so that'll uh, start impacting global trade of soybeans. That may be the wake-up point for the soybean market. Uh, again, as you said, the negotiations with China are going to be big. And we're also watching the dollar. It's up pretty good today, um, but overall it's showing signs that if we see signs of the Fed starting to soften their tone and go a little bit more dovish with the problems in the outside markets, particularly with the global economy, we could see a weakening of the dollar, which would be good for the ag commodities in 2019 as well. That could be one of the keys to watch. I was going to ask you about outside uh, influences on the commodity markets. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, these are pretty tough times in the stock market. So strength of the dollar, anything else we should be watching? Well, as we look at the equities, they've been really under a lot of pressure, obviously, because of concerns about the global economy. I think one of the other things being missed is uh, when you look at interest rates, that provides a, a nice alternative for the more risk-adverse investor, and so they're moving a lot of money out of the equities into government securities, et cetera, people near retirement, for example, et cetera. If we get some type of trade agreement and get some stability in the global economy, that doesn't mean that the stock market all of a sudden just surges higher and, and resumes the big bull move it, it made. It may Some of that money may simply go into the commodity. Um, so it sounds like I'm pretty friendly commodities in 2019. I don't want to give an overly bullish view, but I do think it'll be a better year, and we may see more of that money shift if we can get a weaker dollar, a good trade agreement, some stabilized economic growth. Uh, I think a lot of fund managers see that as favorable for the commodities going forward. But we've got to turn to psychology. Right now the funds are really afraid to really be invested in any of the so-called riskier assets until they see more stability. Could be a wild ride here in 2019. We'll be talking with you often throughout the year, Arlen. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Mike. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities uh, Economist for INTL. FC Stone. So a lot to, to keep an eye on here. It's going to be very interesting. Are we going to have that big shift away from soybean acres or not? Still waiting for a, a definite uh, signal from the markets, and we're still waiting, as Arlen just uh, just told us. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with Chuck Connor, President and CEO of the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives. A lot of things going on here, some things from the end of last year, the new biotech labeling rule. I'll get his thoughts on that, his thoughts on the farm bill. He's been very involved with far, many farm bills over the past several years. Uh, get his thoughts on that, uh, the government shutdown. So many things going on right now. We want to get his thoughts on agriculture overall here as we start the new year. So that's coming up next. Glad you're with us. Stay tuned. More coming up here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. 
And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. I can't believe he found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What, did he balance on that big chair? Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. If you suffer from heartburn or other digestive-related disorders, then there is a new, safe, better, and natural alternative to better digestive wellness and heartburn relief. Praxid not only provides relief of heartburn, but Praxid takes a 360-degree approach to support better digestion, protect you from harmful bacteria, and also balance your stomach to improve digestive functions. We like to think of it as the multivitamin of digestive health. It's the only product to combine all natural ingredients known for the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxid also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxid relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxid is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now, 1-800-829-5705. That's 1-800-829-5705. Again, 1-800-829-5705. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your planned purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. So many of the topics that we're starting off the new year talking about were topics we were talking about uh, much of 2018. They just carry over. Not a lot of resolution. Got the Farm Bill done last year, but there are a lot of other things carry over. And, of course, there's Farm Bill implementation, 
which uh, gets impacted by government shutdowns and things like that. So lots to talk about. We bring in Chuck Connor, president and CEO of the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives. Chuck, thanks for joining us uh, as we start this new year. As I mentioned, a lot of carryover, these topics, uh, one of them being uh, the new biotech labeling rule that uh, came out at the end of last year. Uh, How do you view that and its impact here in 2019 and beyond? Mike, thanks for having me on again in this new year. And, you know, relative to this biotech rule, we feel like this is a very important milestone that we have crossed over. Uh, This has been, you know, a three or almost four-year process of um, we started out trying to stop the state of Vermont from imposing requirements and regulations on GMO-produced corn and soybeans and sugar and a lot of other products that really would have dramatically altered the, the landscape out there in terms of how farm products are produced. We did that. This bill has now uh, been fully implemented by USDA as a result of the new rule. We feel those rules are are really uh, sound rules. They they preserve science as the basis by which we regulate products. But at the same time, too, it provides a lot of flexibility for food companies to, to, to meet the needs of, you know, of consumers as they see fit. And we know that Consumers are, you know, a changing group out there, and we've got to adjust and, and amend the way we do things in order to meet consumer demand. Uh, and this bill gives the flexibility for both of those things, science and consumer interest. And we just feel like USDA got it right in this rule and believe that's going to be a, a big accomplishment for agriculture going forward. You are a veteran of many farm bills. Uh, what are your thoughts on the one that uh, is now uh, the most latest now that's been uh, passed and signed. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty good bill, I think. Resources are always limited, so, you know, you can't uh, do what uh, um, might be an ideal farm bill for producers during these tough times. But given the resources they had, I think there's, you know, really strong crop insurance provisions there. Uh, dairy is a much improved uh, program. Cotton did uh, did better and and so i just i think overall you know a lot of good provisions there main thing though mike is it's done uh, farmers know what the rules of the game are you know uh, going into their you know 2019 preparation you know you recall it wasn't too long ago that we had a almost a three-year delay in the farm bill and that just wasn't going to be acceptable during these uncertain times so the bill is done i think it's a decent bill and and farmers will be able to plan on that accordingly yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's not a perfect bill. No one's pretending that it is, but it is done. Give some certainty. In a year that coming up here, it looks like we're going to really wonder how much will get done with the split in Congress and the differences with the White House. Makes you wonder how much will actually get done. So having something as major as a farm bill finished, passed, signed, uh, that we knew it was a big accomplishment. Looking back uh, in the as this year progresses, looking back at it, that may prove to be an even bigger accomplishment than we thought. Well, it really is, Mike. If this bill would have rolled over into the new Congress, um, you know, we, we may not have had a farm bill even in 2019. Things, you know, start fresh. We've got 100 new members of Congress. Um, you know, it, it just would have taken a long time to have uh, even gotten, um, you know, to the start of a new farm bill. So getting it done last year was uh, just a huge accomplishment. Um, I think it will serve farmers well. Um, They don't need any additional uncertainty thrown at them these days, and uh, thankfully uh, farm policy is not going to be one of those uncertainties for them. You know, uh, you're a veteran of a lot of uh, ups and downs in agriculture and have been involved in a lot of the uh, issues over the years. Uh, you've seen government shutdowns before. Uh, when you look at this one, does anything stand out to you uh, more concerned than uh, years past uh, about how this might end or play out? Well, I think my concern about this one, Mike, is just the fact that there doesn't appear to be anyone talking to each other at all during the shutdown. The ones I've experienced in the past, you know, they were tough, but but there was a constant sort of meeting and, and trying to figure out ways that they can, uh, you know, agree upon uh, reopening of the doors of government. Uh, this does not appear to be one of those. Neither side seems to have a, have a great deal of interest in even sitting down, uh, let alone, you know, talking compromise and what it would take to actually get uh, things rolling again. So, you know, very troubling, uncertain times that, that we live in, uh, Mike, and just, you know, something that uh, 
I'd like to say it's unusual, but it seems to be more the normal now than uh, than at any time in the past. Yeah, and again, uh, coming into this year, so much focus is going to be on on trade. We know the impact that has uh, on uh, agriculture and the need to get some things worked out. Uh, we have hope, we have uh, opportunities, but uh, until they're actually done, deals are signed, uh, we're kind of left where we were through much of the latter half of 2018. Well, I, I think if we get this issue of funding the government settled, uh, Mike, I, I have said to, to many people that I believe 2019 could be the year for trade, uh, and agricultural trade in particular. Uh, there's There's just so many issues on the agenda relative to trade, uh, some um, trying to maintain what we've got, obviously, but uh, also some you know trade agenda items that would open up some new and exciting opportunities for American agriculture. So I'm hoping that that's the case. I'm hoping we can get these budget issues settled and really get down to some serious business, which I think will include trade, and I, I believe we can work on those things in a bipartisan way with this divided Congress and really... Uh, create some exciting opportunities for American agriculture. Well, we know it'll be interesting, and we hope it'll be good and, and positive. Uh, I know we focus a lot on the challenges and issues, but there are some real opportunities out there that uh, hopefully will come through for us uh, here in the, this new year. Chuck, thank you for being with us, and we look forward to uh, 2019 and be talking with you often. Thank you so much. Uh, as always, thanks for having me. Mike. Take care. Take care, Chuck. Chuck Connor, President CEO of the National Council a farmer cooperative. So we're off and rolling here in 2019. The government <laughs> is not yet, and we'll wait and see what happens uh, with uh, those rounds of uh, meetings and talks and see if they can get something done to uh, get the, the shutdown ended and get back to work and get things uh, full steam ahead. A lot going on. We'll get you an update on that tomorrow, plus uh, what's going on uh, with China, some perspective on that, and much, much more. Thanks for being with us. Great to have you uh, with us, part of our AOA Adams on Agriculture family. We'll talk again tomorrow. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit.